Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dotchis-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. We're already having so many people ask when our next upcoming seven-day functional medicine liver detox is. So So we want you to save the date um, and plan ahead. It's going to start on Sunday, January 10th and run through January 16th. So right in the new year, we can get started on our quarterly liver detox. And there will have more information to come, but right now you can head on over to our website, www.theartoflivingwell.us slash programs for more information. You can sign up and get your kit today. You could gift it to someone for the holidays. And And thank you. (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Before we dive into today's conversation, we want to ask that if you're enjoying this podcast, if you could please take two minutes to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. Doing so really helps us reach more people so that others can benefit from the information and inspiring conversations that we share. We'd also love that if you enjoy this episode, if you would share it with a friend or family member or anyone who may benefit from this information and tag us on social media. We are thrilled to bring you today's guest, Natalie Halt, who shares her very personal journey from being a professional water skier in her 20s to becoming a sommelier and most recently hitting her rock bottom and finding a new passion in the world of zero-proof drinks. With roots in the culinary meccas of both New Orleans and Charleston, South Carolina, Natalie's love of all things food and beverage began early and has shaped her journey through present day. At the age of 16, she moved to Florida to pursue an education and a career as a professional athlete. It was there where she met her husband, Frederick, at university, which ultimately meant a move to Geneva, Switzerland by the time she was 25. It was at this point that her deep love of wine began to grow. Sports always kept consumption under wraps until the off season. In the heart of some of Europe's most incredible old world wine regions, Natalie began expanding her palate with a variety of wines from Austria and France. After the birth of her two sons abroad, Natalie returned to the States to infuse a little American in her Swiss babies. Charleston was where they settled, and for six years, Natalie grew a business supporting local yoga teachers. In 2018, Denver, Colorado beckoned, and Natalie found herself nestled at the foot of the Rockies, delving into natural wine. This led to a two-year experience with direct wine sales and her education to become a certified sommelier. Natalie created a sellout wine course called Wine Speak in 2020, which I had the pleasure of taking. And this is where Natalie virtually trained novice and experienced wine lovers to more deeply appreciate and speak to the wine. 
On June 27th, Natalie had her gift of a rock bottom, and it has been a journey of recovery ever since. With incredible support from her husband and two sons, Natalie survived the mommy wine culture. As of the date of this episode, Natalie will be just four days away from her six-month sobriety milestone. Today, she is expanding her wings into the world of zero-proof everything with sober bars and herbalism school on the horizon. In today's conversation, Natalie opens up and shares her very recent and personal story of hitting rock bottom and how this has been the greatest gift for her and her family. We talk about how this pandemic has given many people an excuse to drink more and how the stress of COVID impacted her consumption of alcohol. We talk about the resources and many books that Natalie has read which have helped her in her recovery. She shares how she no longer has anxiety and how waking up with a clear head is motivation to continue on this path. Natalie has already pivoted and is exploring the world of zero-proof drinks using herbs and plant medicine for your healing alchemy. Natalie has recently opened a zero-proof craft cocktail bar on Wednesday evenings. It's in Nurture, which is a wellness marketplace right in Denver. And it's an alcohol-free sanctuary for the sober community. Happy hour until close. She has a special offer. So if you live in the Denver area or are visiting, head over to Nurture on Wednesday evenings and she will give you one of her delicious zero-proof drinks absolutely free. I can't wait to share this powerful and moving conversation. So with that, let's dive right into today's episode with Natalie Holt. Hi, Natalie. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Art of Living Well podcast today. I first met you early summer um, when I did your four-week wine speak class, and I absolutely loved it. And you had so much knowledge of wine and not only learning about how to taste wine, but the growing process and the environment and the food pairing and so much more. And I loved your energy and your knowledge. And of course, I loved following you on social media and watching you pivot over the last couple of months. So we can't wait to share your journey and all of your updates with our audience today. So we'd love just to start out by having you share your background and we'd love to just learn more about your journey and all your travels and the different career paths that you've taken. Yes. Hi guys. Thank you so much for having me. Um, this is actually my first podcast. <laughs> so light <laughs> slash very excited. I mean, I've done quite a lot of, you know, video and whatnot, but this is my first podcast. So thank you for having me. I am very grateful. Um, I mean, I guess it goes back to my roots of my mom being from New Orleans and my dad being from Charleston. I literally grew up, um, I grew up loving food more than anything. I mean, I know a lot of people grow up with food as a part of, you know, the social experience with family. But for me, I mean, it was like, more important than being together almost the food had to be planned and it was very specific thing so i grew up with this love of all things food and very early on and when i say very early on i mean around like 15 years old i fell in love with beverage as well and i'm talking about alcoholic beverage so that was an early start to my um, path of drinking when i was um let's see when i was 17 i moved down to florida to go to college and I met my husband down there. We both did undergrad and graduate school there, got married, headed over to Europe. This is the quick, this, you're getting the, the quick and dirty guys. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
moved over to uh, Europe when I was 25, which I thought was going to be this great adventure. And it was, but, you know, being in Europe, not speaking the language, newly married, not knowing a soul <laughs> in uh, French, it was, you know, it was pretty challenging. So um, definitely was uh, exploring the wine scene around Europe and, and where we were living was Geneva, Switzerland, which if you know the location of Geneva, Switzerland, it is literally right smack in the middle of some of the best wine growing regions in the world. Old world too, which I'm very partial to because of that. So for nine years, I lived there. Uh, Fred was working all the time. I was um, competing as a professional slalom skier. Uh, That's so cool. <laughs> that, that part's really fun. I was traveling the world at the time. Um, events were all over the place. You know, we were going to, down to China for events, to Australia, wow. all over Europe, obviously. Yeah. Canadians love it. Brit the Brits love it. Um, up to Sweden, um, Norway. It was all over. Russia. Skied in Russia as well in the Volga. I've got some crazy stories about skiing on really disgusting rivers. <laughs> oh it sounds yeah. very glamorous and exciting. I have oh, to Oh, yeah. It does. Um, I mean, the glamorous and exciting part was, you know, getting to be in these locations and being treated so well and but the best part of it was that they would share their food and wine with you for me that was what it was it was really getting to experience the, the place which yeah. was the experience of food and wine so yeah I was there let's see um almost nine years um I had my two baby boys over there and started to get a little homesick plus my three-year-old started speaking with a French accent <laughs> <laughs> I was like mm, these boys need some American in them. So Fred and I came back to the States, um, settled in Charleston, South Carolina for about six years. At that point I was doing um, a little yoga website called Gather Yoga. It was beautiful. We were basically, we created a platform for local yoga teachers um, and we got them online teaching online so that they you know, could make more money as yoga teachers. Which that is was like, so interesting that you were doing that. What year was that? Given where we are right now with yoga, I know classes we were, going online. Girl, we were like ahead, you of, were our, ahead of your times. <laughs> yes, yeah, that would have been like 2012 until 2000, until only a couple of years ago, honestly. So you were way ahead of your time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. It was sweet. It's and my my partner is still doing it. She lives in Barcelona because um, we started it in Switzerland, so it's still going on. But I this at this point I was all in for the natural wine. I discovered natural wine and I never looked back. Um, tried to move to Napa to work for a company um, with my young family. <laughs> um, that didn't work out, which was actually good because it made, meant that we landed in Denver instead, which has been a total just gift in my lifetime, getting to live in the you know, at the foot of the Rocky Mountains. And um, yeah, so, you know, selling a little wine, studying, started studying to be a sommelier, passed my level one, um, started diving into, I'm sorry, certified, which is level two. Um, and that's really been the last couple of years until June of, June the 27th of this year. <laughs> and then all of that kind of came to a bit of a pause. And can you tell us um, if you, feel comfortable. Tell us what happened on June 27th and how did your life change at that time? Yeah. So on June the 27th, um, it was the culmination of 
the stress of COVID, the stress of homeschooling my two kids, um, the stress of, you know, feeling just stuck and, and worrying about getting sick and masking and, you know, everybody's angst all around me. And I'm a pretty highly sensitive person. So I pick up on things and it was just, you know, I had been giving myself, um, a lot of permission to consume a lot of alcohol because it was COVID. I used COVID as the excuse and I know I'm not alone there. Um, so I had just been gradually drinking more and more drinking earlier and earlier. Um, and on the 27th, I had, um, one of the biggest vendors I've ever had in my life. It was, you know, that rock bottom moment that people talk about, um, where, you know, it involved endangering my own life, endangering the lives of other people. I got behind the wheel, um, uh, having to face my kids the next morning and them asking, you know, what's wrong with mommy. Um, it's a moment in my life where, you know, I can get really upset talking about it, but it's been the greatest gift because had that not happened, I would not be where I am reevaluating uh, my relationship with alcohol. So that was June the 27th. And that was about a hundred and either two or three days ago. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. I appreciate and thank um, you for sharing that very personal story that yeah. I know we know will resonate with other people out there, which is why we wanted you on today to talk. And, yeah. and can you tell us how you found the strength to really um, pivot and transform your life? Oh, so, you know, if you're like me and maybe you are, and maybe you're not, but there were the number of days where I woke up feeling that what is known, I now know is called a hangxiety. It's the hangover anxiety that comes with drinking. Um, and it's very specific to alcohol consumption. It often happens right around 2 a.m. because that's when your liver's processing your booze or you're waking up the next morning feeling absolutely horrible. Um, so it was this, you know, I had been dealing with that for a very long time. So to be honest with you, waking up clear headed and feeling well has been a lot of motivation to stay on the path. You know, when I, every single day I woke, wake up and I'm just like, oh, thank you. Thank you that I get to just feel so clear and awake and present and non-reactive. Um, but the way that I really came to, um, you know, going, this is it, is my the next morning after my bender that I just shared. Um, the next morning, my husband and I were driving in the car and I, I literally thought I was dying. Um, you know, I was holding back, like making him pull over um, because I was sure I was going to puke. It was awful. Um, and he said to me, he, he's like, you know, there's this comedian that I think you think is really funny, Nikki Glaser. And I'm like, okay, Fred, whatever. He's like, yeah, she just, you know, she talked about, he was so like sweet and gentle and just non-judgmental, but just, it was really kind. And it's just how Fred is, you know, he's this mm -hmm. amazing and he's been a big part of how I've been able to, you know, get through all of this. Um, but he was like, you need to, you know, she was on this podcast with Joe Rogan and they were talking about her and how she's been sober for like 11 years. And she said she just did it, you know, from reading this one book. And I'm like, well, that sounds like, you know, BS. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, I like pick up my phone and I'm like scrolling through the, the podcast and I'm like listening to it, like, like covering up my mouth to hold down the vomit. Uh, and 
So it ended up being this book called, um, uh, it's by Alan Carr and it's called um, Easy Way to Control Alcohol. And I was like, yeah, I could use some control here. Control sounds, that sounds good. So I ordered the book on the spot. Actually, I didn't. I ordered the podcast. I'm sorry, I ordered the Audible so that I could listen to it. And, um, you know, he sets these rules before you get started. And some of the rules are you have to keep drinking, which I actually wasn't even able to do. So I broke one of the rules. You can only read it sober. Um, you have to read the book when, with, an, with a positive, like, up, like happy sort of um, attitude. Um, so if you're in a bad mood, you're not allowed to read the book. Like, you're just supposed to be in a good space every time you pick up the book, sober. So the sober part was fine because after that bender, you know, I was kind of off the booze anyway. Um, and I literally in three days time went through the whole book and, um, you know, that was it. That was really it. He, I was kind of like Nikki Glazer when she said the book like just changed everything. It really did. It just, he really lays out all the reasons that you think you're drinking alcohol, all the reasons that you justify drinking alcohol, all the things that we are, um, sort of allowed to believe about drinking, um, and he kind of debunks them all and calls bullshit on a lot of it. Um, so yeah, that was the moment. And to be honest, since then, I mean, I've got like my stack of books around me right now. <laughs> I think we talked about this one, Stephanie, you know, I've got my yeah. quit like a woman. <laughs> I've got my, what are my, some of my other favorites? I've got my, we are the luckiest by Laura McCohen. She's absolutely amazing. Um, the second one I read, read though was the sober diaries. And that one really got me too. It's a woman in the UK. So these were, you know, I've just been like feeding my own exploration with this, which is kind of kind of how I do things. So I haven't gone to AA, but these people sharing their experiences and the support of, you know, my family, you know, is how I've done it to answer your question in a really long way. <laughs> no, yeah. I think that's so, first of all, I, I think it's amazing how you were able to like be crystal clear, pick up a book and change your life. I mean, that's not easy to do. So again, congratulations on that. And I was just going to say, and the fact that you could tease out, you know, this book you mentioned by, I think you said Alan Carr, mm -hmm. tease out, you know, things that he was saying in the book, apply them to yourself and make those changes. Like, that's amazing. I mean, in some ways, like I almost can't, take credit for it. Sometimes I tell people that I think I, might, I may have been hypnotized, <laughs> especially the way that I listen to it. Look, here's my reality. And this isn't everyone's story. And I, I am one of the lucky ones. Like I feel like a lucky one that I'm not drinking anymore, but my luck was also that, um, you know, I read his book or sorry, I listened to his book and immediately it just, it hit home, you know? Um, because I was only, I was only reading this book. It was called how to control your alcohol. I was just trying to get a hold on moderation, but by the end of it, uh, I was done. And a lot of people say that's kind of how it works for them. So, uh, it's supposedly not unusual. And there's actually a woman out there who wrote a book called this naked mind. And she's a very, very, um, sort of significant person in the sobriety world right now. And a lot of what she's, basing her tenants on or based on Alan's work. So um, it's pretty powerful stuff. And he, you know, he's, he did the same thing with tobacco. He did the same thing with um, overeating. I want to say, you know, just addiction in general. He kind of has 
all these easy ways, but he actually died of lung cancer, like back in 2001. So mm. oh. it was a while ago though. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a great book that we should all read though. It, you know, just even as you relate it to other areas of your life, like you said, food or tobacco, right? Um, there's powerful. a lot of people out there that have a vice. <laughs> that- it's powerful. It's very, 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 very powerful. <laughs> I'll say that. So you've mentioned before this like mommy wine culture that you've mm-hmm. sort of survived. And then you have like the intersection with that with COVID and all the stress. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how do you think this culture, if you will, contributed to your wine and alcohol consumption? Oh, Stephanie, you know, it's, it's, it is a very, you know, touchy subject, Um, especially right now, still being connected to a lot of people in the wine world that I used to work with. But we, um, first of all, if you're drinking, if you're a woman and you're drinking two glasses of wine a day, which I was easily doing, I was drinking double that, um, your risk for breast cancer goes up 20%. Like it's insane. And nobody's talking about it. You know, I I don't, you know, I don't want to be the, the crazy naysayer who's just like, no alcohol, alcohol is poison. (laughs) But the reality of what I'm learning is exactly that. And we are just really sort of, it's so normalized that when it's a social situation and you're around people, we're drinking. And if you're not drinking, it's like, what's wrong? You know, it's, it's the one thing that you, a lot of people will say, it's the one thing that you quit doing that you have to justify quitting, right? Nothing else. You quit gluten, you quit cigarettes, like you quit anything else. And everyone's like, Oh, good job. But you quit alcohol. And people are like, what's wrong with you? Why? And so, you know, there's gotta like be some grave reason. Um, which is why for me that rock bottom was so significant because it sort of propelled me into going, Oh my God, hold on a second. Um, you know, the mommy wine culture, we, we definitely, you know, it. it's the wine memes. It's the, it's the, you know, Rose all day. It's the mommy needs wine. It's the, it takes a vineyard to raise a child who's being you know, <laughs> virtual <laughs> schooled. You know, it's all of it. And it's, it's just the inundation and the millions and millions and millions of people who are repeating this and repeating this and repeating this, you know? Yeah. And the reality is 88,000 people in this country a year are killed by alcohol. 88,000. That's oh, a lot wow. of people. And then worldwide, it's, you know, millions. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a pandemic of its own. And um, <laughs> because of, um, you know, big alcohol it's it's really it's really suppressed all of where we're really duped into believing that number one it's good for you you know and i used to i used to say this it's a probiotic you're getting reservatrol you're getting like all these health benefits <laughs> etc cetera, etc cetera. the fact of the matter is it's ethanol that's going into your body you know and this is where it becomes really clear for me that you know here i am wanting to live this healthy life um and you know even beyond the toxicity of the alcohol in my body, um, it was the numbing factor. You know, I always thought, oh, I'm drinking to bond with people. I'm drinking to relax at the end of the day. I'm drinking to um, connect with people. And, you know, all that's, you know, just for me, it's untrue. Number one, it's not relaxing. It actually adds to your anxiety. I mean, I've got a lot of, I've got a couple of friends in particular that talk about 
how they have all this anxiety and they try to drink at night to help. And that's just like adding ethanol to the fire. You know what I mean? Plus it adds to depression, right? Like it's, it's a depressant. So not only are you adding to your anxiety, but then you're also, you know, drinking something that's going to make you feel down. Yes, totally. I know that you have um, a new Instagram platform and you're creating zero proof craft cocktails, right? Yes, girl. <laughs> it's so much. So that's fun. super cool. And we would love to hear more about that. And I understand you're infusing herbs and medicinal healing plants and kind of really diving into that scene. And we'd love to, for you to talk about that. So it's so funny because um, I never considered myself, I mean, I should, probably should have. I, I did a lot of schooling on subjects that I really loved. I was never a great student, you know, like if I wasn't interested in a topic, I couldn't, I couldn't even sit down with a single book. But as soon as I find what I love, I'm like, it's, I'm, it's complete OCD. I get it from my father. So that's what it was with wine. And it was what I realized now in hindsight was what I loved so much about the wine was, you know, the earth and the type of soil that it was growing on and the, the actual like variety that it is. And, you know, the, the, the types of grapes that it actually comes from, you know, they're these sort of like descendants of grapes. And it was all this total geeky wine stuff that was why I loved it so much. I mean, I loved, definitely loved getting drunk on it too. And <laughs> let's be honest. Um, and so when I stopped drinking, it was literally the first day and my husband was so cute. He went out and got me like zero alcohol beer. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. And we're lucky because in Colorado, we've got some amazing companies doing beautiful NA beers, actually all over the country. There's one in Connecticut too that I love. I digress. Um, I, I sat down one day and I was like thinking about um, making myself uh, an alcohol-free beverage. And I was kind of poking around my kitchen and I was like, oh my God, like soda water. Pfft, I don't want to use soda water. I mean like lemon and lime, so boring. I love lemon and lime, but yeah. I just was like, okay, what can, like, what can I do to spice this up? And knowing, um, you know, as you guys can maybe tell from the Instagram page, I mean, I can be a little bit of a show pony. Like I like to share my knowledge. I like to learn the, the depths of things and then, you know, share with other people what I've learned along the way, because I just love the information so much as I did with wine speak, Stephanie. Um, and that's what I love about you, Natalie. Like, I mean, honestly, like every time I watch one of your Instagram videos now, I'm like, okay, I want to have all the ingredients. I want one. Like they look delicious. Like so, uh, so yummy. So let's just keep diving into this a little bit because keep going on and yeah, sharing so more about it. I mean, I was just, what I started thinking was, okay, if I'm going to create these, these drinks, since I can't drink my wine anymore, it's not that I can't, since I don't want to drink my wine anymore. Um, how can I make it creative? Like, how can I give it these layers of aroma and these dimensions of, you know, flavor profile that I was constantly seeking out in wine? And I, it just kind of dawned on me, like the first thought that I had was, oh, let's just do adaptogenic. I'd like to let's because everybody needs adaptogens, right? Adaptogens make us adaptable. They make us resilient in the world of stress. And so I just started thinking like, oh, this could be cool. And then I was like, I want to start in ABCs and I'll just go through the alphabet of all the herbs. Um, and that was really fun because it, you know, it makes me get super creative. I mean, who has made a cocktail out of burdock? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's <laughs> so, awesome. And yesterday I did one out of mugwort. I mean, who's doing <laughs> some, you know, it's kind of was crazy. it good? Oh, it was delicious. It was delicious. 
Oh, I'll have to watch that one. Um, the other day I did, um, what was the other thing I did? Oh my gosh, no, I'm blanking, of course. Oh, I did an oregano margarita. It was freaking delicious. Hmm. Yeah. Yum. It yum, was very yum. good. So, so what's ended up happening is my nerdiness is going, oh, I need a certification because I love that kind of thing. And so I'm, you know, actually signing up for my first sort of herbalism, you know, situation school. That's so cool. Today. Yeah. So it's, is, is it related to beverages or just like herbalist? Like what, a, like you could be an herbalist. It's family in herbalist. general. Okay. I'll be a family herbalist. They have like a few different levels and just starting out since she knows um, that I just want to be using this for the NA beverage. Mm-hmm. She was like, yeah, come on, we're going to do um, all kinds of tinctures and I'll teach you shrubs and I'll teach you elixirs and I'm going to teach you, you know, the best way to prepare the teas and how teas actually work together. So this is going to start getting a little headier, which you know, it's fine. I, I think oh, that sounds really so cool. interesting. Like I, something I'd be interested in doing just for the knowledge. Oh, because I mean, come on, all of our modern medicine is actually in some way or another related originally to the plants. I mean, mm-hmm. this is how we used to heal ourselves. And so Absolutely. I'm going back to mother earth and, and really accessing the earth for things that are curative as opposed to fermenting them into alcohol and, you know, drinking the ethanol. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's vibing a lot better with me, let me tell you. <laughs> so can you share a little bit about your exciting update? Um, I know you live in Denver, but talk a little bit about this really new, cool, cutting edge business that you're getting into. I've had the amazing fortune of um, getting to be a part of this uh, wellness marketplace here in town called Nurture. And nurture um, is this haven for people who are looking to be healed in many ways. We have upstairs, we have Reiki healers, we have therapists, we have aromatherapy, we have acupuncture. I mean, you name the alternative, um, you know, method and it's upstairs. So that's upstairs. And then downstairs is a little bar called Nest. And at Nest, it's all only organic or biodynamic, locally sourced. Um, Our executive chef, her name is Beth Woodard, and she is just literally a a magician in the kitchen. Um, And most things are gluten-free and most things are, you know, made with monk fruit, sugar, you know, no refined sugars. It's most things are vegan. I mean, it's just mind boggling what this woman comes up with. And so I actually joined them to be their natural wine guide which was really amazing. It was really super cool. Yeah. I was getting, I was giving, I, I have done a beautiful wine tasting. Um, we were planning on starting a wine club and I'm still trying to kind of untangle what that's going to look like because I have still been working with the wine. I'm just spitting everything out. Um, but she, Kelly Campbell is one of the co-founders of nurture and we have become close and she's one of those people that she literally like holds out her hands and gives you the space to like spread your wings and fly. And you can come to her with any idea. And she's like, yeah, let's try it. So I, you know, she knew that I was going sober late, late June. And, you know, she knew she's obviously seen on Instagram what I've been dabbling with. Um, So we sat down and actually created a medicinal elixir menu on the current menu of nest. And just recently we got together and, 
you know, decided that Wednesdays we were going to devote to Denver's sober and sober curious community and it would be a safe space with no alcohol. So it will be a little sort of zero proof weekly occurrence at Nest where I am there um, mixing up my herbal remedy <laughs> um, with NA spirits. Um, and then there'll be also different people will show up and share their stories each week. You know, I don't want it to feel like an AA meeting, but I do want sober people to come together and people who are just curious about it or people who are just not drinking for whatever reason. Um, mm -hmm. I want them to come together because a lot of times, you know, you quit drinking and you're like, oh, I can't go out anymore. Like, what am I going to do? Um, or, you know, you try to socialize with people and you just feel off. I mean, I realize now alcohol was such a lubricant. Like it was such a social lubricant for me. I had... I'm, I'm such an introvert. I had such a hard time connecting with people without it. And so, you know, this is, and I'm not alone. There are a lot of people and that was a, you know, a part of why they were drinking too. There's always many parts <laughs> when you're numbing as much as I was numbing, there are many parts, but, um, yeah, that's what it's going to be. It's called bar free spirit. How cute is that? Oh, I love it. Bar free. Spirit. I love it. And are there a lot of these in the Denver area or is this a pretty new innovative concept even for Colorado? It's, it is new. Definitely, definitely new. Um, there's a bar in Austin called Sans or like in French, Sans, S-A-N-S bar. I've heard there's maybe a couple in New York. There's actually one that's going to be, so we're only Wednesday night. Nest actually has natural wines, super high quality liquor. Um, and so every other night of the week, well, no, that's not true. We only do happy hour on Thursdays and Fridays. This will be Wednesday, but there's a bar and it's going to be called Awake and it's Christy Wynn. She lives here in Denver. She and her husband are opening up this space um, possibly next month. I think November was when they wanted to start opening like a window service. And in the start of the new year, they were going to try patio, just see how things go. So um, there's Honey Elixir Bar in Denver as well, which is... They have both liquor and um, zero proof. So, um, and I know there's a couple other ones. You know, people are starting to realize that there is this whole world of folks out there who just don't want the alcohol, but don't want the crappy, sugary, like mocktail either. You know, so I, even this summer, I was up in Aspen at the W and I wasn't drinking. And I'm like, oh, do you have like a, you know, no alcohol beverage? It was terrible. Yeah. It was like <laughs> layers of like simple. Sugar. Syrup. It was just a sugar bomb. And that is not what I'm going for, you know? Right. So. Um, well, this is really cool. I can't wait. I mean, I'm actually going to be in Denver next week, which will be before these open, but I'll just have to plan another trip back out there. Because um, I think these concepts sound really cool. You know, a lot of places we're doing dry January, a lot of people do dry January. And then there are some bars that will have some zero proof cocktails. And they often call them the mocktails. So I like, I like the way you're referring to it better. Yeah, I can't a death to the mocktail. Yeah. There's, there's some new books that have come out recently. I'm, I eventually would love to put together a book of some of my medicinal um, cocktails. Uh, but there's some beautiful ones. Good drinks is one that just came out. Another one is called zero. Um, you know, people are really starting to create interesting things and they're not calling them mocktails. I can't stand it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know you mentioned that recently on one of your Instagram videos and I was like, good. I'm glad that we're ditching that. Yeah. That terminology. Sure. Yes. And then, you know, you can share it with family and kids that, you know, kids in your house and teenagers, like 
It's just another beverage, right? It's just another mm-hmm. beverage, exactly. Sure. You know, and when you're using the bitters and you're using the spice and you're really like adding all of this dimension to the drink, which is what I'm trying to do, you know, as much as like part of wine that I loved was when it was very complex and I could pull out all these different, you know, fruit flavors and wood flavors and stone flavors and, you know, flower aroma. And so with the drinks, I'm actually trying to put it all back in. So it's like, that's how it's such a beautiful replacement for what I was doing. Instead of pulling it out, now I get to make it up myself, which is just kind of beautiful, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, totally. It is. So as we just start to wrap up, we we do like to leave our listeners with some practical tips that they can kind of implement immediately into their life. And I'm curious what your parting thoughts would be for our listeners, maybe those who find themselves drinking more than they should in the recent months, or maybe people are just using alcohol to numb themselves from pain, suffering, whatever, any recommendations or tips? I know you, you mentioned some of the books already. Mm. Marnie, (laughs) it's, you know, it's, it's really, it makes me, you know, it makes me get upset, obviously, to talk about it because it's so close to what I'm experiencing right now. And just the thought that someone else is suffering in that way. All I can say to you is that, you know, there is something on the other side. I have never known life to be so bright. I've never had the kind of connection with my kids that I have since I stopped drinking. You know, I just know that you think the alcohol is giving you this cushion and this support and this this love and you think you can't be without it but i'm telling you when you put down the glass this is when life actually begins that's so beautiful beautiful. and i think it's um gonna really resonate with a lot of people i hope so i hope so thank you for sharing that you're welcome yes um So where can people find you, Natalie? And where can they start watching your videos of you in your kitchen, making all these (laughs) super delicious and complex zero-proof cocktails? So I'm at, I have my standard Instagram page. I'm trying to figure out how to do all this, y'all, honestly. I have my standard Instagram page, which is just Natalie Halt, my name. But my new page where I'm doing what I call medicinal mixology um, I'm, is called the medicinal mixologist. So, and every day, well, it was every day. I've kind of slowed down lately, but, um, you know, every few days I'm going through a letter of the alphabet and then I'll present the herb that I'm talking about. So today or yesterday, for example, was passion flower. So my next, Mm. my next zero proof is going to be passion flower and passion flower is beautiful. Like you're going to, you think it's like, um, you know, for like spicing things up, but (laughs) But that was my first thought. (laughs) Yeah, me too. But passion flower is actually to chill the F out. Like it relaxes you. It was at one time used for people who had nervous conditions. Um, even today it's used to, I actually give it to my kids every night, not every night, but if they're ever having issues sleeping, I'll give them passion flower with skull cap and catnip. These are some lovely that go together. Yeah. So passion, passion flower. Um, but yeah, the medicinal mixologist. So yeah, come see me there. So quick question about that. When you're talking about like passion flower, you're putting it in a drink, what form, like, what does that look like? Are they dried flowers that you're using or? It, it depends. It depends. Um, there's an apothecary in town, 
um, there's two that I love. One is called Apothecary Tinctura and, the, and it's on 6th in Denver. And the other one is called Herbalism Roots. And it's actually upstairs from me at Nurture. They have an apothecary upstairs. Um, so sometimes I will buy the tinctures that they've already done. So right now I have a passion flower tincture that's um, for sleep and relaxation. Um, but the mugwort, for example, those, you know, mugwort is a crazy growing, like six foot tall weed that if you saw, you'd probably yank out and like chuck in the compost bin, but it's actually, she, the woman harvests it <laughs> from the backyard, um, and sells it as a tea. So I get teas. And when I make the teas, rather than doing sort of the typical dosage, I'll like multiply it by three and make it very, very strong. And I'll let it steep for a very, very long time, sometimes even overnight to really get the punch and to get all the bitterness and to get just as much aroma and, and flavor out of it. Cause if you just brew like a standard tea, it, you're not going to get very much out of it. So. Okay. And then you just use a little bit of it at a time. Yep. Yeah. Because you don't want to, you know, if, if we're trying to mix a drink with a, with a tea that we've made, it's too way too much water. So I'm trying to make it very concentrated. And then I only use like an ounce, you know, I okay. use like a wood, like um, a liquor or a, a mixer. Yeah. Okay. That is so cool. I'm gonna have to do a little bit investigation in Minneapolis to try to find. Seriously? Go yeah. find a little apothecary. If you Google herbalists in Minneapolis. Yeah. I'm well, we have good. one. Yeah. Maybe. Are you talking about, um, Dow? Dow, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and you also have a special offer for people that are either in Denver or coming to visit Denver. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Definitely. You come see me at Bar Free Spirit. I'll be there every Wednesday starting October the 28th, and I will buy you a drink. That is my mm. special offer. Sounds awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, so the one final question, Natalie, that we'd like to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? Oh, so it's funny. It's, it was funny that you guys reached out at all because honestly, like I'm in this very like tr moment of transition in my life and I'm like, what do I know about this? <laughs> I mean, I'm like a shit show right now. With that said, in the last couple of months, well, in the last actually couple of weeks, um, I've returned to, um, a book that I read in college. I read it again. It's like, I read it every 10 years. It's called the artist's way. I'm sure you guys know it. Julia Cameron. I don't have yeah, heard of it, but I've, I've not read it. Yeah. Julia, Cam she's magical. She's magical. And you know, for her, we are all artists. And so when you, when, you know, when I first heard like, you know, the art of living well, like art for anything is really, you know, the connection to the divine. It's how are how is it that you're channeling source? And when you're doing that, you're in your vibration. And when I was doing sports, I could, you know, instantly get into it. You know, athletes can always do this. You know, when you have your thing, you know what I'm talking about. You're in that vibration. You're in what, you know, people will call it the zone. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's, that is the art, you know, when you can get into that zone, you're channeling God, you know, you see musicians do it. You know, I mean, I, I weep, I weep when I hear musicians and I can feel that vibration that they're putting out. So, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's what it is, is like the art of living well is, is being able to locate that channel and then you know being able to live it but sometimes that means like you've got to change shit up you know what i mean like being resilient what is being human if we're not being resilient so i don't know if that's like a very clear answer or not but <laughs> i love that answer i love 
all of our guests answers and they're always so different and unique and personal and And that's the beauty. Yeah. That's the beauty of the art of living well, because it's so unique. Like Stephanie said to everybody, yet you can also relate to everybody's. Yeah. And, and, you know, as a final note on the art of living well, um, feeling like I'm channeling God, it's, it's, it's coming back to me. Um, I I feel like I've been very disconnected to it for a long time. And, you know, one of the main reasons that I would tell you this is happening is because, you know, for so many years, alcohol was an obstruction. So big part of my art of living well is removing the alcohol. And like you said, you're clear mm-hmm. without it. You mentioned that earlier. Yes, very much so. <laughs> well, very- congratulations on this journey and making these very big um, and difficult decisions. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And for sure, and- honestly, for sharing it with with everyone so publicly. You're so welcome. I, I hope it resonates. Thank you so much. And thanks for yeah. being brave. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Thank you guys. It's been great well, chatting with you. Yeah. I mean, I think in another year, once you've, you know, continued to explore this new passion of yours that we may have to have you back on again to talk more about the herbs. So <laughs> I would be honored. <laughs> we'll, we'll look forward to following you in your journey. Sounds awesome, guys. Thank yes. you. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.